Let's get ready to. Welcome to Let's Talk Balls. Jordan Cuddy Buckets. Sports? Cat the Closer. I see something and I have to get to the. I have to get to the bottom of it. Hello, everyone. This is Papa. Golf is a very easy sport to nap through. You know, Man United or the Yankees, Liverpool are easily the Red Sox and or the Celtics. Might we say we had a ball? Good sports. At this podcast, we believe that representation matters, giving voice to the voiceless, that it is your body, your choice, that Black Lives Matter, that trans rights are human rights, that sport, whether played with or without a ball, and fandom are for everyone. And we want to tell those stories. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle <laughs> all the way. A it's winter here song. in Tahoe. I love it. It's snowing. We woke this up morning. to snow. Mm-hmm. So we're in Lake Tahoe. We're on what people typically call vacation. Um, but we have toddlers, and so we had this really bright idea to take them out of school where somebody else watches them for six to eight hours a day and us not go to work and us to take care of our own kids in a space that is not theirs. It's not totally childproof um, with sickness. They're both sick. And again, it's about 40 degrees and there's snow on the ground. And we didn't have winter jackets until a couple days ago. So um, that's vacation. I'm having a blast. I don't like that, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds sounds very negative. Just the whole, (laughs) you know, it's Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't like that. Okay, well, that's my current moment, my current attitude. Okay, how can I help get you out of that attitude? I'm just being, this is a real parenting moment. I'm, I'm not toxic positivity in people. This is, it's fucking hard. And I am so thrilled when they go to bed and that, and I'm still thrilled when they wake up. I love that part too, but they're long days. Okay. I'm going to turn my frown upside down. I like that. I mean, do what you need to do, but you know. You know how I'm going to do it. Listening to this podcast? No, I'm going to do a headstand. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk about something fun that did happen, which was we talked to Andy last night. Andy is a bud of mine. I've known Andy for almost, I want to say, 10 years, going back to Watson DG days when he was still in Colorado doing some freelance design work for us. I remember specifically he worked on the Spotlight movie website that we built for Focus Features or Open Road. or Rachel McAdams was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know her whole catalog. And um, yeah, Andy is is a total cool dude. He, he worked at Jam 3 too. He's, he's a creative director. He's working in the gaming field. And I've just always associated Andy a little with gaming because whenever I talk to him in these last 10 years on video calls, he always has like a sick mic with a boom, basically. He's got awesome headphones and a gaming chair. He looks so comfortable. He looks like um, Go-Go Gadget guy. What's that guy? I have no idea. 
Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he yeah, looks he's just far cooler than Inspector Gadget. Well, you don't ever see that evil guys anything. I'm just talking about the setup. It's incredibly impressive. But he did tell us literally so many things about gaming that I I went to bed last night realizing I had like he answered so many questions and it only made me have more questions. Like the fact that these gamers have basically their own gaming name too, which is kind of dope. So it's kind of like having your own team. It's just, I learned so much. I was going to put you on the spot real quick. What would your gamer name be? Just on the spot. Cutty Today, buckets. my gamer name would be Turdy McTurderson. Okay. <laughs> I think we keep this short, honey. <laughs> I think my real name would be Magic Fingers. Oh my lord. <laughs> that might already be taken. Okay. <laughs> we, need, we need to try this whole thing over again, honey. <laughs> Too bad, honey. Every people need to get us in our full states. Yeah, I just okay. <laughs> okay. What's up, Chaffee? What's up? So we recorded an intro earlier and you were not super stoked about it. No, I wasn't. Because I was banging a downer, and I um, we had a long discussion around, you know, being real, and also trying to, like, be an awesome escape for people, and, like, positivity, and, you know, we did have an awesome conversation with Andy, and we didn't want it to be, like, downer intro, and, like, also great interview, but, like, bleh. So we wanted to redo the intro and basically be like, you know what? We're going to show you both sides. It's not Instagram perfect with a nice filter on every time. But also, we're really lucky. We get to make a podcast together. And we are staying in an awesome cabin location not to be named, even though it's already named. But that was part of the discussion. We are in an undisclosed location and it's pretty and it actually snowed this morning, which is scary, but also, I don't know, puts you in a state of holiday mind, uh, maybe a little too early. Uh, our kids are sick, but Cal turned a corner, and yeah. they had a great time. We went, we left the house, we got, went to a park that you found. Thank you, I love you for that. You're welcome, I love you too. And... Uh, they had a great time. We picked up pizza on the way home, and they didn't eat any of it. Uh, they barely sat for dinner. <laughs> See, this is me being real. But also, <laughs> you know, um, they made it till an almost 7 o'clock bedtime, which, uh, you know, lately it's they more normal. going to bed. Yeah, so that makes me feel good. My mom always says, uh, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And, like, I'll never forget that. It's so true. So... It is. Waiting for Jay to go through the ringer a little bit. Um, yeah. But. Well, thank you for just being open to the conversation and like being real about it. I think it is important. So that inclusivity is part of why we do this podcast to model that everything isn't perfect in production and all that. But um, we did have an amazing conversation with Andy. And Oh, my God. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's not underscore that enough. No. (laughs) There's no possible way to overhype because it deserves all the hype. He's an awesome dude and knows a whole bunch. And we could have done several of these conversations to try and fit into one. Um, I think we also have a Pops Parlay at the end. Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, my my dad is continuing to go through the ringer um, from a health perspective. And thank God he's still at the Cleveland Clinic. It's not there, but his doctors are. And so it's it's a it's an ongoing saga. And I love him for being positive about, you know, what the future holds. Um, he's my We're thinking buddy. about you, Tom. Thinking about you. All right. We're going to cut it before Jordan cries. Please enjoy Andy and learn everything you can about esports. Uh, thanks, y'all. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you hear us? I can. Oh, my gosh. We are ready. Okay. Just so you know, and I mentioned this before, we're not on camera. No. Albeit we are on camera. No. Okay. But we're not recording camera. Jordan, okay. the sunset behind me? you is pretty gorgeous. Is that real? Yeah. It's a reflection <laughs> of the lamps. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you guys in two separate locations? We are both in Lake Tahoe. But she is downstairs. I'm upstairs, uh, so we don't have an echo situation. Perfect. Love it. And you guys have the yeah. good sure mics. We're ready. Look at he knows. He's well, better do you see set up his than mic? we are. He has, I also like, have a look, sure. Yeah. And and we're he ready. has look an at arm. His chair. He definitely you definitely have an arm, don't you? Do you have I, I do. I have a little boom yeah. arm. Yeah. Like right here. Yeah. <gasps> I can tell. And the chair? And the chair? Is well, this the chair, gaming? I would not recommend a gaming chair. They're just overpriced and superfluous, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Are they like looks. sneakers, though, for, for gamers? I mean... Kind of, yeah. It's more of like, okay. a oh, I've got like the extra cushy secret lab whatever model chair that's egregiously overpriced. So in that sense, <laughs> yeah, it's like a flex, kind of. Yeah, okay, you got to give oh us the, the link to the chair so we can put it in here for anyone who wants to flex on their yeah, gaming chair. The, exactly, exactly. Okay, got it. Okay, got so it. as you probably know, this podcast is pretty much just listened to by Jam 3, current folks, alumni, maybe and our eventuals, <laughs> and our families. And soon to be my mom, so... There you go. Yes. We're here for family. We're so excited to welcome a new listener. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. What's your mom's name, Andy? Gretchen. Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen. Hi, hi, Gretchen. Thank you for listening. So, yeah, Gretchen is always my, trying to make fetch happen. Maybe Gretchen will know that. Maybe not. And they're coming to us from Idaho. From Boise, Idaho. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Potatoes. <laughs> I've only ever been to right. Potatoes. <laughs> that's that's the good part. That's the good part. It's beautiful. I do also have to say that that we are we're doing pumpkin beer for you. There uh, you go. I I don't have any, but cheers to both of you. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. So this weekend you sent us a selfie at our neighbor's house. Shout out to Lynn and Tommy who will never hear this. Oh, but they're cool. <laughs> um but you then went to our house. <laughs> And did you go on a hike with Cass? I did. I, I wanted to say thank you. I, you know, the the amount of service that I experienced was really just fantastic. I really appreciate you flying a personal concierge and tour guide <laughs> out 
all the way from Canada to Los Angeles to greet me at your lovely home, show me around, go on a hike, have some good talks. Uh, you know, you you really were pulling out all the stops, which uh, is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Did you bring your plus one with you? I did not. Uh, she was. Did you bring uh, your plus half? I my I was plus half. About Ray. Yes, I I got you. I got okay. you. I did. I brought my plus half. Uh, she okay. was uh, great at. Uh, hopefully she didn't shed on your furniture too much when she came inside. <laughs> we are obsessed with doggos. So we're watching Charlie, Greg's dog, again in Lovely. like two weeks. Lovely. And we're available okay. for pet so sitting. We're available for pet sitting because we just want to rent dogs. Like we used to rent children. Now we have full-time children. So now we want to rent dogs. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, you know what? Anytime you would like a uh, somewhat grumpy eight and a half year old cattle dog that likes to protect the house from getting its daily mail. Uh, you let me know. Love and it. I would love Perfect. to provide. Perfect. That sounds right at my alley. I Perfect. love grumpy yeah. dogs. Smashes <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my demeanor. That's right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Andy, you're here because you're going to teach us, not necessarily teach us PowerPoint presentation style, but you're going to answer our questions about mm-hmm. esports. Sure. Well, happy to be here. Okay. I want to uh, semi-start off and say that uh, it fills my heart with so much joy to be sitting here on, I guess, if I can say it, the other side of things and be talking with you both uh, in what seems to be good health and spirits. Uh, it's been a very interesting few years, uh, and so I'm very happy to be here talking to you. Yay, we're happy to have you. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I wish I could give you a hug. I feel like it was, um, I was pregnant with the kids and seriously, seriously suffering from morning sickness that lasted all day. Mm. And you and I were trying to get a hang in at the triple. Mm. This was like January, February of 2020. And then the pandemic hit. And, and I was then... like, I think I canceled a couple of times because I was just so sick. And then... Life, pandemic hit, li- and it yeah, was pandemic life hit, for us. life and hit, the triple closed. I know, pour one out for the triple. Jeez, seriously, what a tragedy! Seriously, seriously, this is a part part time food podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we were gonna level set with the audience. Hi, mom and dad, mm-hmm. um, and Gretchen, and hi, Gretchen, uh, with our gaming literacy, if you will. Mm-hmm. So both of us have some history. <laughs> with gaming great um i'm gonna i'll start and Catherine, you can follow but i recall duck hunt okay classic right pretty epic for its time now that i kind of know how tech works a little bit yeah and the olympic pad mm-hmm. and i also had a pretty solid love affair with paperboy okay and zelda yes and then I started getting into, you know, of course I did Mario Brothers, but then I started getting into like Madden football and NBA Jam, Boom Shakalaka. Boom. And and then the PC hit and it was Doom. And my mom's like, what's that blood on the screen? <laughs> like, it's not real. <laughs> and then it was the last game I played before I got back into gaming was GoldenEye. Mm, yes. And I remember playing GoldenEye with like, Jonathan Pleasant and JJ Pulowski, sixth grade, mm-hmm. and we would play Goldeneye for hours and hours and hours. And then I put gaming down and I was into 
I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it until you tell me better. Real sports. Okay. Air quotes. Okay. And then I got back into gaming. Okay. So Catherine got me a Switch, uh, gosh, like four years ago. Okay. Yeah. 2018. And I've been playing NBA. Sadly, I've been playing NBA 2K19. Okay. Since. And it's like, I have a bit of a complex because I play when I fly and I fly for business. And so I'm like, talk, you know, people are like, why are you flying? What are you, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to see like my client in like Portland or San Francisco Mm -hmm. or Germany. And they're like, gaming, you know, and it just is, feels so (laughs) not professional. Um, when I'm trying to like also take myself seriously as a professional. So I kind of love the balance, but I'm also somewhat embarrassed about gaming, but it brings me a lot of calming energy when i fly because i'm a nervous flyer love it but that's my history and i still to this day play nba 2k19 fantastic <laughs> just just well, the t- i did buy great. her the 2k20 right and you never it's yeah but still i didn't want to learn new controls it's still completely in like the plastic um so she okay. has it like and just has never opened it and i've Got never it. tried okay. to get her any other games since then um, I'm probably even less ex- exposed to games than Jordan. I'm, I would refer to myself as like super basic when it comes to gaming. I loved mm-hmm. Madden growing up, uh, right. Super Mario Bros, Mario Kart. I was really into my Game Boy Advance. So I played a lot of like Pokemon Sapphire. And then mm-hmm. my brother got, was it an Xbox? Maybe. And we played a lot of Guitar Hero. <laughs> Like a lot of Great. guitar hero. And then backyard football and backyard baseball, like circa okay. early two thousands on PC. And I was super into that, but that's about it. Um I never my brother was more into games and had like the the newest, coolest thing, but I was just kinda like, Oh, he's the youngest, he gets whatever he wants, so I'm gonna not be into PlayStation or whatever. Sure. Ther- therapy. Yeah, they're a uh, topic for therapy instead of this. But um, gotcha. yeah, I just kind of said like, oh, it's my brother's thing, not my thing. Um, so I have like next to zero besides what I just talked about. And then the like Google research that I did beforehand exposure mm-hmm. to games. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of shocked that the origin of esports comes mm-hmm. from the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you both for sharing your experiences. I will say that, uh, no one's individual entry point or exit point or current status as their relationship to gaming goes, uh, is any better or more storied than anyone else's. I will say that you both have probably had more exposure than many people that are into gaming now. Um, I suppose as, uh, children of the 80s and 90s, we get to relish in the fact that the games of our youth are now being re-released for different platforms now, such as GoldenEye is coming out on Switch. If you didn't (gasps) know that, it is. Christmas gift. I'm bookmarking it. Put it down. There you go. You're welcome. I'll take like a 10% commission. Anyways, so a couple things I, I think that are interesting. I want to back up and say that uh, maybe there's a different vernacular for real sports that we can use. We could just change that to ball sports, perhaps. 
Ooh, we know about balls. Yeah. I mean, a little. This is uh this is the subject of this podcast. Um, yes. So I uh, I think that is very good. I think that uh, again, your entry points into this are great. Good experience there. But I I I want to hopefully assuage any fears that you guys might have around your experiences being more or less legitimate, or your knowledge being more or less legitimate. Uh, gaming is for everybody. People experience it at different times at different points in their lives. And what's great, as you even said, Jordan, is that the accessibility of gaming, especially now with the technology that we have, has never been better. There has never been a better time to pick up, leave, start a new game, etc. because you can just pick it up, play the kinds of games that you want, where you want, in the environment you want. And then when you're done, you can just put it down and keep moving forward with other things in your life. Uh, whereas before, you know, we're often tethered by technology. You had to have an expensive console. You had to have other people physically in your house with different controllers oh, and you had true. to have yeah, all of right. these things. Uh, and now with technology, you can just, you know, pick it up and uh, hop on a plane, you know, play on the switch while you're sitting at the airport, et cetera, chat with people. It's all those sorts of things. And uh, you can have just as an equally satisfying experience uh, as anybody else. That's true. I, I, it is really, it's so much more accessible, but I'll, I'll ask you. Mm -hmm. Are you a console gamer or a PC gamer? Did I say that correctly? You did. Uh, you did. I am a PC gamer. Uh, okay. I, I, my experience with gaming is similar, I think, to yours, Jordan. I started off relatively young, and we had um, the one computer for the household in oh, the yeah. 90s that we would play Oregon Trail on. With... Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Dysentery. Oh yeah. Okay, I, mean, I completely I never... missed Oregon Trail. That was never a thing for me. And I lived in Oregon. <sighs> for summer. Oh, man. I know. I know. Well, maybe just you had like the real life experience of being able to see the Oregon the end of the Oregon Trail because I never got to the end of the Oregon Trail in Oregon Trail. I always died Does of dysentery. Make it? Drowned in drowned in the river. I just used all my <laughs> I spent all my money in wherever we started off just buying bullets and then I would over farm bison and rabbits and then <laughs> I had too much meat that would spoil. It was oh, very yeah. sad. Oh yeah. wow. Um, we does um <laughs> does Neopets count as gaming? Sure. Okay. Absolutely I was a big Neopet does. person. <laughs> okay, good. Did you keep your Neopet? What about alive? the Sims? The Sims? Absolutely. Okay. Huge okay. Sims yeah. person. Yeah. Perfect. Semicolon Rosebud, the cheat to win all cheats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got an eye roll. Money. You got an eye roll. Love it. Love it. <laughs> See, I mean, again, you, you probably have more layers to the, you know, more strata to your gaming history than uh, you might know. So, well, yes, so much of it uh, I didn't even realize was gaming. Like I didn't see myself as like sitting there at my PC listening to Avril Lavigne's It's a Damn Cold Night playing Sims and mm -hmm. thinking like <laughs> this is gaming. Yeah. I just thought I was, I don't know, building an alternate life I could live in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at the very essence, that's what many games are uh, and what they it's provide, true. which is uh, one of the highlights of the industry. So what do you play now? And then I kind of just curious as to like how you balance, like, do you, are you, are you like, you know what? I game from this time to this time. Mm -hmm. I game only on Saturdays. What does Ray think of the gaming? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, so I will say 
now in like a contemporary setting of like, you know, fall 2022, uh, I've actually taken a little bit of a break from gaming. I think it's because I like over indexed really hard during the pandemic and quarantine. It was uh, very much an escape, very much a pastime as it was uh, on a global scale for many, many people. Um, What was really interesting, I think, about being working in such close proximity to live streaming, influencers, and gaming in general during the pandemic was how much it exploded and how much it was very readily accessible to be used not only as an entertainment form, but also in the industry that we're in, it was very easy finally for people to examine the effect that gaming has had on mainstream culture and oh, entertainment. Interesting. Um, you know, the, the live streaming numbers were through the roof. Um, concurrent players of all titles across many, many games were at levels that had never been seen before because, you know, everybody was home. You can't go anywhere. What were they doing? Playing games, watching games being played. Yeah. So it was interesting to, while the world was, uh, you know, this outward expression of, you know, everything that was terrible going on during that time to be in an industry that was doing remarkably well at levels that had never been seen before was, uh, it was uh, the subject of many therapy sessions. I was like, I feel bad that I'm working t- in this industry that's kind of siloed from everything else. It's doing great. It's seeing record numbers and there's all these yeah. sorts of positive things about it while you know, it's contrasted against everything that was going on in the world at the time. Uh, but my therapist assured me that entertainment is a necessary um, uh, part of many people's, you know, days and their psyches. And it provides a lot. Uh, and it's, it's a very good counterbalancing point to everything else that was going on. Um, so in that particular respect, it, it was rewarding. So as far as games that I was playing, I mean, I play a lot of battlefield. I'm a lifelong battlefield player. Okay. I played some call of duty. I indexed very hard for the second, well, probably the third time into world of Warcraft while I was in quarantine um, and as far as how my lovely wife felt about it, it was a, uh, a point of discussion. It was like, listen, does she play? She does not. I have Nothing? wonderful video of her attempting to play, excuse me, <laughs> oh, the games that, uh, I like to play, which is a story I'll get to here, uh, to here in a second. Um, she almost won a game of a very competitive shooter that I have never won and she almost won. And so I was trying to record it such that (laughs) I had proof that to all my buddies, it's like, here's why I quit because (laughs) I, if she wins this game that you and I have been trying to grind out for several months and get a win and she somehow has no gaming experience, sits down and wins, I'm quitting. And this is my, (laughs) uh, that is too, this is my obituary for this game. Oh Um, my gosh. Like beginner's (laughs) luck at Vegas. So FPS, would that be considered an FPS first person shooter? Yes. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that was, that, that was definitely a, a big segment of games that I played during quarantine. Um, world of Warcraft was a completely different beast. And I had to sit down and talk to her and be like, okay, so listen, uh, there are a couple of nights a week when from this hour to this hour, uh, I'm not available and it's not a game that I can pause because there's 40 other people that I'm playing with and we're all 
concurrently need to do things at a certain time together in unison. I can't just walk away and like, what? I didn't realize the that. trash out. Oh yeah. Um, the coordination, especially from games like world of Warcraft and things like that, that, um, are required is, uh, impressive. And when it works really well and everybody does their job, it's very rewarding, right? It's, it's like, um, uh, I, I'm trying to think of other, just mass group activities. I mean, we both are a flash you know, mob. We, a flash mob, right? Like imagine if you could just pull off the best dance. Everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do precisely when they're supposed to. And you have these elongated battle sequences that are many, many minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes long. What? And then finally, when you get it right, you kill the boss, you get some cool loot and armor and weapons and things like that. Uh, and if you fail, then you all have to start over again, right? Like imagine the wow. worst group project you how, ever experienced, but everybody gets it right. How do you plan that? Like, I, I, is there offline planning happen where there's like oh, X's boy. and O's or like Google calendar invites to shoot at this time? Like, how does this work? All of the above. The amount of pre-planning and preparation really? and coordination rivals any... Uh, I don't want to say any work project, but it's pretty close. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Producing a live event. Like right. Then totally. Garner cash. Like if these teams get really good at like shorthand or whatever, is there world? Do the people get paid for world? Uh, oh, Warcraft? yeah. We just, we just call it wow. Right? Wow. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, yes. You can play professional. Wow. You can play professional call of duty. Uh, Battlefield, almost any kind of big mainstream title uh, you can make money at uh, in a competitive sense. And that is on top of what you might be able to make as a successful live streamer as well, which I can certainly okay, yeah. speak. I would like to get into that. Sure. Um, okay. First, first though, it was 2011 or 2012. Mm -hmm. So 10 years ago, I was in Las Vegas mm -hmm. for a different work function. It was February and it rained and it flooded Vegas. Cars were floating in the first layers of uh, Imperial Palace, which is now the links, mm -hmm. uh, the link. And um, there was an esports tournament happening. Mm -hmm. And one of my colleagues knew somebody that was playing in it. His name was also Jordan. Okay. And I talked to him for like 10 minutes mm -hmm. and he, he won a hundred thousand dollars that weekend. This is in 10 years ago. And I think he came in third. I don't even know what he did, but the the money that these people are making is like Catherine, you ran some numbers. Like it's I don't know, ten percent of like what a professional football player or football team makes, but mm -hmm. it's like oh almost a half a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean what has who's been who's paying these prizes? I mean, who's paying nfl players as well like right like it's a lot of advertising media, money is it? sponsorships advertising gear yeah. peripherals yeah, advertising um you know investments from the developers of the game themselves you know because oh, that's a whole um you know that's a whole big segment of developing and publishing a game is proliferating it to the wider gaming culture and how do you do that you get people who are really good at the game you sponsor a tournament you give a oh, pretty smart. you know cash purse um, so much of that, uh, you know, comes from, from sources like that. I think what's been so interesting for me over the past, you know, especially over the past four to five years that I've worked in close proximity to gaming, but 
largely as, as just a lifelong gamer has been watching gaming as an industry overcome just a myriad of hurdles uh, in esports in general at, at, at almost every turn. You know, I, I don't know if there's any other industry that I can think of that has faced, you know, candidly pretty withering criticism against its efficacy against its positive impacts towards mainstream oh, sure. acceptance as an entertainment form that gaming has you know the the long-standing perception you know, if we can wind the clock back to 80s 90s so even early 2000s the perceptions of who plays games i bet you can picture in your mind what that's like right like it's the nerdy kid in their mom's oh, yeah. basement this is a total brain suck. Like, why would you do this? Yeah. Get off the Xbox or the... Go know, spend the, some time outside. I heard that a go lot. Go touch grass, you know, go do all of those sorts of things. <laughs> um, and then I think as as technology developed and, um, you know, a myriad of factors changed, the idea of who plays games started to change. It wasn't just kind mm-hmm. of the nerdy kids in their mom's basement quote unquote uh but it was also like who's very good at this and who wants to watch someone who's very good at this play you know um i think that those two things are kind of paralleled the same path of like the rise of the internet the rise of live streaming from justin tv what is now twitch to what is youtube gaming um mixer for the six months it was around, you know, all these sorts of platforms as they developed really started to integrate a huge part of live streaming into the, uh, what was available on their platform. And, you know, what, what I think was really remarkable was happened was one of the longstanding things that I always heard from people was, I mean, people are great at these games. Great. But why do you want to, why do you want to sit and watch someone else play a game when you mm-hmm. can just play the video game? themselves yeah and the people that would say that would utter that sentence and then turn around and then sit on their couch on a sunday and put football on the tv for six hours exactly it's like, well why <laughs> would you want to watch Touché. why would you want to watch football you can just go play yourself why do, would you want to watch the nba finals you can just go play basketball yourself it's like you enjoy watching people who are really good at a thing do that yeah. thing and it provides a high amount of entertainment value especially if you understand how it yeah uh, how it works key. right i don't ha- like i can't play professional basketball but i sure as hell love watching lebron play i sure as hell love watching the warrors etc you know oh we what love all is this what why'd you have to say those two things <laughs> i know the back I, like that because he yeah, knows yeah. his audience <laughs> I know. So kind of you. I know. I know. Well, I will say that to to double down on what I know will pull at your heartstrings. My, I haven't really actively watched the NBA since like the early 2000s. Like we're talking Rasheed Wallace, Damon Stoudemire. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, you know, like early, you know, 2000s Blazers were. It's my uh, golden era of the Kings. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Chris Wallace and all those folks, you know. Um, but anyway, you know, looking at, at, at kind of challenging a lot of those arguments about like, why would you want to watch this when you can do it yourself? You can very easily sort of flip that, um, that argument, uh, sort of on its head, uh, because it provides like such a high entertainment value and gaming was growing exponentially year over year over year. And it wasn't, I think until maybe a couple years prior to the pandemic, that you really started to see 
publishers, developers, um, advertisers really start to lean into like, hey, there's there's a high potential and high entertainment value in competitive gaming. Um, and you started to see teams really start to come together and be like, I'm going to, if I'm a manager of a team, I'm going to approach this exactly the same as I would any other ball sport, if you will. I'm going to go yeah. out, I'm going to recruit the best. They're going to be paid a fair salary. There's going to be physical training. There's going to be mental training. You're going to have a practice schedule. You're going to have to run strats, watch tapes, if you will. And you're going to have to know this game inside and out so that when we get into a competitive setting on a world stage, you can operate at the highest level against the best. And that's what it is now. Wow. It, it takes a lot of people off guard of like, well, these are just kids that just sit at home and play games. It's like, no, there's millions and millions of dollars into recruiting the best players in the world, putting them together in the best facilities possible, giving them a physical trainer, a mental health coach, a live-in chef, getting all of these things together in the same way that you this would expect amazing. any you know, uh, sort of competitive sport together and putting them into these scenarios, flying them around the world to compete in these tournaments for their team, for their country, for et cetera. So yeah. um, it wasn't really, I feel until, yeah, like a few years before COVID that you really started to see advertisers lean into this. And I recall a, a scenario with um, someone who said, you know, I, I just want to go to my favorite beach bar in Venice and I just want to sit and watch sports on TV, but there's Overwatch. There's Overwatch, like, or Rocket League, or I don't know what particular game or anything like that it was. It was like, well, why is this on the TV? It's like, well, clearly, oh if someplace gosh, like ESPN, so yeah, if you're, yeah, if it's on ESPN, they're not stupid. They're not going to waste airtime on something no. that is not going to be, you know, uh, sat satisfying their advertisers or their audiences or anything like that. If it's starting to be in places that you normally would expect to see ball sports, it really should be something that's paid attention to. Oh um, my gosh. And so while I, I, well, I have a question, sure. Um, you mentioned managers and recruiting, but mm -hmm. like we know ball sports, obviously much better where there's drafts and there's rules and there's totally policy and all that. Do the, does the same exist for esports yet? So I don't know if drafts, um, exist in the same operating capacity that you would expect, like the NFL or the NBA draft, I don't think it's quite there. It's because you, with gaming, you can operate as a solo sort of an independent artist, if you will, and you are able to showcase your abilities on your own so much better than you can't, like you can't play basketball by yourself. You can't play football yeah. by yourself. You need to be in a sort of a team environment, but you can demonstrate your game sense your awareness and your high degree of technical skill as a gamer on your own competing against the public if you will yeah um, it's wild uh in, in a way that you can't necessarily ball sports. so i don't know if drafts or anything are quite there it's uh, very easy now again with how easy it is to start a live streaming platform to just play games stream build a following and become noticed and then get picked up by a professional team be like yo oh, you're killing it, it out there like do you want to come sign yeah. with our team do you want to come sign with 100 thieves or um you know g2 or any of these like massive esports teams Ooh. like you can demonstrate your ability on your own outside of a team environment yeah that's pretty i the other thing you mentioned is like getting on planes and playing wherever mm -hmm. um when you think about inclusivity and equity mm -hmm. and, and a 
gaming in an esports environment, would you say like you kind of have to pay to play a little bit, but for the most part, you're bringing people from around the world together to compete and they're kind of all speaking the same language. Absolutely. And are able to connect. That's so different and cool. What's so cool, I think, about gaming in general, it's a bit of a double-edged sword that the anonymity of the internet provides mm. is that, you know, by and large, um, it's my sort of personal view from what I have seen is that gaming is probably the most accessible and has the most diverse players and audiences than any other uh, sort of entertainment form, um, being that it is, for the most part, pretty accessible to a lot of people. Um, you you can go out and buy a, you know, five, six, seven thousand $7,000, whatever PC, or you can buy like a $500 PC or an Xbox and Would a headset. Would it make a difference like in the processing power and it, things like that? It depends on who you ask. Like, again, like anything, you can really min-max and be like, I'm going to get a $5,000 PC because I'll get two extra frames per second uh, versus a $500 PC where I maybe get, you know, 98 FPS. Like, you can talk yeah. hardware specs and, and sort of min-maxing the, the, the um, technical aspects of those things. Um, but by and large, it's very accessible. And the the anonymity that the internet provides, you were able to just join a game and play well. And it's, you're not necessarily going to have some of the barriers that you might have uh, with traditional ball sports, which is an interesting thing to think about. Like what makes esports so interesting to me is that the physical barrier for entry is not there as compared to ball sports. If you think about a 14 year old, Physically, you can ask a 14-year-old to go compete as a defensive lineman for the Browns or for the Chargers or whatever, because physically it requires you to be a certain size, height, weight, stamina, mental totally. clarity, technical ability, etc. You can't physically ask a 14-year-old to do that. With esports, completely off the table some of the best Fortnite players in the world are under the age of 18 because the physical wow. maturation period required to make a really good professional Fortnite player is is not there versus a you know professional ball sport player it's like yeah i can't ask a 14 year old to go play power forward mm -hmm. in the nba no. finals because <laughs> they're just physically not there they're Pummeled. not they're Pummeled. yeah they, they no matter how much drive or or um mental stamina they may have just physically you can't compete in that arena so it's just you remove about their the reflexes sort of the totally yeah um but you remove the physical barrier and then you remove the other barriers that i think some sports and other sorts of competitive um ventures have and then you can place them in an environment where everybody generally knows what the objective is of the game they're playing com competitive or not you can play on your own and then you can add the the anonymity that, excuse me, a lot of uh, you know gaming provides, um, and you can create these blossoming, fantastic communities where, yes, yeah, standout talent can come out and stand out from the rest of the crowd, um, and you 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 know you don't necessarily face some of the same barriers that you know a, you know the best high school players in the on the planet right now are. You know, social media is going to flood them. The media is going to flood them. And there's going to be this massive sort of um, 
attention to them. And there's going to be certain barriers that are erected as a result of that. Whereas with esports and, and competitive gaming, you, you don't necessarily have all of those. Um, so I the, wonder who um, the first university is that's going to have an esport. It team already of exists. Some sort. Like there's already competitive what? collegiate esport teams. Yeah. Oh my god! I live under a rock. High school and collegiate. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's it's obviously it's not the same revenue driver as you know, sure. like Alabama football or something like that is. Uh, but they exist. They absolutely exist now. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, that is incredible. It's wow. it's wild, and if, it's if it's I cool were to watch. okay, if you were gonna be an esport professional, mm-hmm. what would be your game? I already know what my game would be, but oh, boy, what would be your game. So we're talking sort of blue sky aspirational. What game would I like to be good at? Totally. Yes. Oh man, maybe Call of Duty. Okay. Why? Maybe Is there more World money? I think it's probably like Call of Duty is is probably the best sort of outward expression of what is a very profitable industry when it comes to competitive gaming. Um, it's by its own nature, multiplayer Call of Duty is extremely competitive and there's tons of sort of subcultures and memes around, you know, kids today wouldn't survive early 2000s Call of Duty lobbies <laughs> for probably the worst reasons possible. They can be very toxic very quickly. Um so I don't know, maybe Call of Duty, uh, I don't know, maybe competitive, I don't know, Minecraft, like who, who knows? The, what's cool about gaming is that you're not limited to like, here's the game, here's how it was established back in whatever, the early 1900s, and here's how you play the game well. It's when there's new games that come out, you're going to see players that are, have long been maybe not good at one competitive title suddenly flourish in another game. So imagine if basketball was all of a sudden like, okay, listen, I know that James Naismith created the game to be like this, but all uh, we're changing it up, and now you're on rollerblades. That's the NBA now. Like, figure <sighs> that it out. Sounds cool. You would all of a sudden see people who are really good at rollerblading suddenly <laughs> become these stars, yeah. right? Like, you can yeah. constantly sort of reinvent what sort of competition looks like because games are being developed further, and that's uh, so um, cool you're just going to see more and more people that are uh, coming kind of out of the woodwork and are suddenly great at this new sort of game that they may not have been uh, previously. So um, I think again, the accessibility keeps changing. Yeah. And I think there's something big to be said for storytelling and gaming because sports have rules and that's how you play. And yes, there are storylines with characters mm-hmm. that everyone loves and, you know, mm-hmm. close finishes, but the games have storylines and that's mm-hmm. part of what drives the interest in watching for, I mean, I talked to my cousin about this because he works in the video game industry, but like, I think that's so fascinating because you could be into something that has just like different levels to it, that there's mm-hmm. a story and that's why you get hooked on it. And if the story's not good, then you're not going to play it. Totally. Well, it's like an interactive movie. It's theatrical. Like, yeah. Um, the Last of Us comes to mind. Like, <sighs> Shailene Woodley is actually the character one of the best yeah. games uh, I think I've ever played is The Last of Us and oh, Last of Us. Oh, you played it? Okay, right yeah. on. I bought a PlayStation just to play that game. Like that was because of the storyline, or because like of what? The, the, what um, the story, and um, I think working in the creative profession, of course, you can appreciate a lot of other aspects. It's like it's beyond just like oh, the graphics are kind of cool. It's like <laughs> oh, wait a minute, the the you know soft body dynamics of how like when I move through this cloth 
here's how it moves and here's a reflects light and this and that you, you get really oh, kind cool. of deep into that stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the stories are just as immersive as, um, you know, any kind of mainstream, uh, I don't know, Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, whatever, you know, deep story yeah. that people get really attached to the characters in the stories. Um, except you can control a lot of that. And while I know, that's so wild, yeah, it's like choose your own adventure, but it's a movie and it can end or never end. It is. Yeah. And what's so cool, I think, especially about tit games now, especially games like the last of us is that there is not one particular way you can play it. There is a general sort of a loose linear story that you're following from beginning to end. But with the logic that is built into this game, you can experience the game in so many different ways by just going through that other door or picking up that one item and throwing it over here. You change how the AI moves and then you can access these other areas. And what's so cool is seeing people uncover all of this blood, sweat, and toil that the developers put into the story of like, oh, I love that. I know you need to like cross this field and get to this farmhouse, but there's 50 different ways that you can do that that will change voice lines, acting, physics, environment based on one small little decision that you can choose, right? Like it's it, it's wild. It's It really is remarkable. That's so cool. I mean, there's life in that like way. Two years. <laughs> yeah, it like, takes two. Yeah, it does. <laughs> takes, so I'd be curious, like, I've seen trailers and stuff for um, The Last of Us, mm -hmm. and I got hooked into the story because it's like a father and daughter mm -hmm. um, scenario. And, but I, without knowing the basics, knowing I play sports games, it, how much like research or prep would I need to do if I were going to start a game like that to even know what I'm trying to, what my objectives are? Like, how do you figure that out? So, what I would say to that is you're probably going to have the best experience with no research whatsoever. The games are specifically okay. designed such that you don't need to have prior knowledge or experience. Uh, it's built in sort of onboarding, if you will, and discovery is built into the game and you're highly encouraged oh, okay. to discover and fail and um, go through the wrong door. And I don't know, face a horrible enemy that just kills you right away. And then you go back to the start and then you try again. And so that's part of, I think what's great about gaming is that you're encouraged especially in these kind of linear stories, narrative driven stories is that you're encouraged to just explore, try things, push that button, go through that door, pick that thing up, um, you know, shoot that uh, gong across the temple. What does that do? Right. That's part of the magic of it. So, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I'll, I'll admit that I have of like, okay, I really want to be good at this game. Like I'm going to do a bunch of research. I'm going to see what, you know, go on YouTube, see what so-and-so streamers or content creators are yeah. doing in this game. And, it, and sometimes it ruins it a little bit. Cause like, I can just uh, open the game and just discover it for myself. I might get frustrated. Figure yeah. Figure it out. I might quit and be like, ah, oh, this game sucks. And then I'll come back five minutes later and then I'll discover, you know, the secret button behind that door that I need. Totally. So the discovery is, is well, built into a lot of that. I did have a question cause, um, I guess I'd be curious if, uh, there's hacking in games. Like does, is that a thing? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah. that is, um, I didn't even as you can that. imagine with with any uh internet driven competitive uh <laughs> venture uh is there will be people that want to ruin it want to maximize it for profit uh all of the horrible yeah. you know laundry list of sinister motives that people might have for that exist um especially in first person shooter games like battlefield call of duty there's the worst possible things imagine you there's aimbots speed hacks um 
all sorts of compromises that people want to do that will give them that either very subtle edge or, you know, wildly overt edge. Uh, and it is something that, especially in the competitive scene of esports, uh, is something that is highly, highly um, monitored. And there's countless stories of professional esports players that have been caught cheating in a live match and like they had steroids. to forfeit. The, yeah, exactly. Right. Like have been caught using steroids or putting, what is it? Pine tar or something in your glove. I don't know. Baseball <laughs> um, have been caught with that sorts of stuff. So it's exactly the same. It's like whatever will give you that small sort of edge, someone will do it. People will go to that extremes, even in something as, as what, you know, a lot of people might consider as trivial as a video game. So. Oh my gosh, that is interesting. You know, it's um uh, the esports ecosystem's on track to surpass one point eight billion dollars in revenue this year. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's wow. pretty large. Yeah. Can you bet on esports? Oh yeah. So I want to look into that. There's that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other topic, <laughs> um, uh, and it it folds into I think a lot of different things, especially at the developer level. Um, monetization and what some would call pay to play, especially in video games definitely exists where Mm. Jordan's game launches, it launches in this particular state. Uh, You buy it for 60 bucks, but if you want all these other unlocks of the cool weapons and the cool armor and this and that, you just need to pay the extra 20 bucks or there's in-game gambling systems of like, loot boxes where you can pay to buy loot boxes and then you'll spin the dice and then you don't know what's in them. It might be some weapon that everybody gets. It might be the coolest weapon in the game. Is this gambling? So there's been legislation passed in Europe and in America around banning loot boxes from games because you're in, you could be encouraging young kids to gamble yeah, and like you know pay slots. yeah pay you know uh, actual real money to developers with no guarantee of actually being rewarded what they want um yeah wow so yes there's there's definitely gambling in that respect there's definitely esports betting as there is with everything okay. um that you can do so um, like um in west la where we're at riot has like an outdoor stadium mm-hmm and they have a tournament, I think, at least every year. Maybe oh, yeah. they're using the space. Yep. Yeah. So that would probably pop up on your regular gambling sites. I don't know the answer to that. And I want to Yeah. I want to be, be careful. <laughs> don't worry. My mom will, my mom will I know. fact check I, that. I want to I, I wanna be careful, mostly out of the, the fact that I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I think that there are many, many safeguards to dissuade uh, mm. official gambling, but I, I, I don't fully know the answer to that, but as you can imagine, um, those things undoubtedly exist, even if it's like a underground sort of a third party, totally. uh, sort of a, uh, a service. Uh, but I don't know. I think developers and publishers are very wary of, of maybe sanctioning any sort of official betting on, uh, on their titles. Um, as they continue to make inroads in towards mainstream acceptance, they want to avoid anything that might be construed as uh, controversial or um, mm. potentially uh, uh, negative in their light. As you know, gaming itself has faced its its own share of criticism and, and things like that. So I think they're trying to probably avoid some of those topics. But again, I, I don't know the fully the answer to that. No, I'm going to check it out though because yeah. I it'd be really interesting because I you know I've been to Vegas. 
I bet I normally play craps, but my family largely plays, well, my mom plays slots, but like it'd almost be like betting on a slot machine that's going to play the slot machine because at the end of the day, you're kind of playing against the computer mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. As a in a in a sense, in a sense, yeah. Um, I think it, as far as like competitive esports goes, it it is interesting to watch the balance of player skill versus what are just built in game dynamics, especially when you consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize if I'm over explaining this. There's a particular game mode within many popular first person shooter games called Battle Royale, which is essentially last man standing. It's not you know 50 players on this side, 50 players on this side. You just com- compete and then you see who gets the most kills. Um, it's you take maybe a hundred players, you drop them onto a map, you have to scavenge for weapons and armor, and then the playable zone in the map gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you have to compete very Hunger Games style to survive as the map gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Okay, my blood Um, pressure just went up. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, And it's for me, it's extremely entertaining to watch. But what's, what's crazy to watch is that the the game dynamics are such that even the best players in the world might get thrown a curveball based on they dropped into a part of the map that just doesn't have any weapons they can use to fight or um they uh the terrain that they've chosen to get to the safe zone is not readily accessible and they might be the best player in the world, but the map design is such that they just can't get there reasonably. So it's, again, I kind of equate it to like in the ball sports sense, it's like, imagine the NBA finals, but in, uh, in the first quarter, half your team gets roller skates. And then instead of a ball, you're playing with, um, a water bottle and then in the third quarter, everybody's blindfolded. And it's like the dynamics of the game keep changing so Just that no matter up. what, the best players in the world can't play on rollerblades with that. a water bottle blindfolded, right? Like it just keeps yeah. changing and changing. And so the you can see some people by uh, no other virtue than they just managed to drop and position themselves in the right area of the map that the game decided that would be the right area wow. to go to with the right weapons and this and that. So it's, it's very, very interesting to watch. Um, you know, even some of the best players struggle under those kinds of circumstances. So a bit skill and a bit variable. This yes, sounds like exactly. fantasy so. football to me. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> just, yeah, that's I true. Mean, you do your yeah. best. You don't know. Pick the team and then they might get hurt. <laughs> Their schedule may be weird. Look, like, I, I consider fantasy football gaming. If it's kind of like right in the middle of that Venn diagram right between gaming and ball sports, it's like right in that cross section, right? Like it's right in that. I center love piece. it. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Gosh. All right, Andy, we normally do a final four, mm-hmm. but Catherine Googled and read some headlines, which okay. is all we as deep as we go. Okay. And so she has created, what is it called? Um, an FF, a finish fast. Um, which is, in my mind, how I interpreted this as the gaming gaming equivalent of a quick fire. I could be okay. completely wrong because okay. generally how it's referred to is like FF, finish fast, like either like we can finish them off very fast or finish fast because like don't belabor the fact that you guys are going to win um, or you okay. all are going to win. Got it. So Okay. I will anyway, do this here. Quick fire. Jordan, do you want to ask or do you want me to? 
Let's 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 toss it. Let's toss it back and forth. Well, I love it. first question. Oh, wait. Well, you just go. just as oh, though yeah. I am a small, stupid child. Explain it this format. Am I giving like a single word? Am I or do you want no. my full thoughts? There are no you rules. could talk for half an hour. Okay. Or no you could talk for five minutes. Okay, no rules. got it. I'm ready. Hit me. If, if you want to it's elaborate our... on an answer, you can. If you don't, then just say that's it, and we'll move okay. on. If you want to draw a picture, <laughs> if, if you want to bring Asha, <laughs> right. bring Asha in here. Like, what if, yeah, right, yeah, just hang. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. For the first question is worst video game ever. <laughs> I'm gonna just say Long right now, um, probably Battlefield 2042 that just came out. Terrible. Why? Uh, it was launched in an unplayable state with egregious bugs and lack of development that you would not expect from a multi-billion-dollar company like EA. Shots fired. Wow. Wow. Seriously, EA not sponsoring this <laughs> podcast. Mm, sorry. <laughs> Opinions are my own, I guess is the disclaimer there. What's the uh, 2042 date? Can, like, why? It's just, uh, so each of the battlefields is set sort of in a different era. So there's like Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Vietnam, Battlefield 1, which is set in World War One, Battlefield Four, which is set in modern times. Then they went back to World War Two, and they keep jumping around eras. But excuse me, as you can imagine, Battlefield Forty Two is supposed to be supposed to be set in like a futuristic environment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Shame on you, EA. That sounds like it's right out of Free Guy, to be honest. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The what's interesting oh is is uh, the the world of Battlefield Forty Two. Many of the maps that you play on are uh, areas that even in the game are just absolutely gutted due to the effects of climate change and you have to play again that's one of the factors in the game that oh you have gosh. to play against is like They're oh all wrong. of a sudden there's a massive hurricane right in the middle of the map due to climate change and now you have to play against that oh my God. so anyways um somewhat somewhat of a topical issue i suppose wow i have wow. a lot to say about okay. that for another day yeah that's really interesting yeah i mean i love the like contextualness that go into these games and the totally. fact that yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Catherine. Uh, game every person should play at least once. <sighs> Battlefield 2042. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Um, I would probably say The Last of Us. Going back to what oh, we did. Oh, I really want to play now. I think because, and I, I'll, I will say it's because it gives like a really topical look at when humanity goes down the toilet how will you how would that change how you view people resources terrain you really have to think about as a person what i'm i need resources i need water i need this i need that i need to get from here to here but I'm going to be fighting other people that want to compete for the same resources. How is that going to change me as a person? It really is. For me, it was very introspective. It's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt these people, but I have to like go to, you know, uh, get to this thing. And they're, if I don't, if they don't hurt, you know, if I don't hurt them, they're going to hurt me. You know, so it's, it's a very topical look at like mm. humanity, I think sort of, sort of a heavy wow. departure there, but anyway, yeah. That would be a game I would suggest. When I you're play. playing Last of Us, are you yourself or are you the girl or are you the dad or do you pick? You are How's both. 
You are both at different points in the game. No spoilers, but you play uh, different characters throughout throughout okay. the game. Yeah. Wow. And semi-spoiler, because this is when I worked at Watts and we got briefed on one of the mm-hmm. releases a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. They're in a same-sex relationship. There is. Yeah! <laughs> there is. Okay, it looks like we're getting a PlayStation so that Jordan can play this game. It is a beautiful story. I, I Is it multiplayer? Can we both play or is it individual? Uh, it is a single-player story. Okay. There is like okay. a multiplayer mode, but it's not... I've tried it. It's not you really You can watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch. You can watch. Yeah. I, I have heard countless people that are like... I don't want to play this game, but I really like watching my significant other play through this story. And I'm hooked. Like, I'm going to get to the next checkpoint or the next chapter, et cetera. So I would highly recommend it for you. Oh, I'm into that. I love that. <laughs> Let's do it. We could play it together. We could take turns. Exactly. That's what's great. Just pass the controller. Fair. See? Fair. Okay. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. Middle question is, you. Andy, something you love that has literally nothing to do with gaming. Something I love that has nothing to do with gaming. I mean, sitting here and just talking to people is oh. one of the things that I enjoy the most. The being present, being present uh, has been a thing that I have uh, candidly struggled with for many years, especially in the height of the pandemic. But I have found sort of a renewed. Uh, sense of satisfaction and uh, wholesomeness, just having good conversations. And that's something I hope I can continue to have, not only with you guys, but many other fine folks like yourselves. Oh, that's, you seem very present and like tuned in and thoughtful. I'd say like very thoughtful thoughtful and just thoughtful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and I mean, this podcast is going to put you on the map. So be prepared. Um, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Your mom's going to love you just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Disclaimer, we can't promise that, um, but we can promise a good time. Um, good. Okay. <laughs> when you're up late playing video games, since that's something that's on your bio, in your bio, and we are foodies, this is a part-time food podcast. What's your go-to snack when you're up late playing video games? Oh, boy. Um, something that is easily accessible that is not going to get my fingers greasy or dusty would be a good one. Uh, something I can quickly shovel down my gullet with like a fork or chopsticks is great. Ramen is great. Uh, mac and cheese is great. Mm. Um, sushi is great because it's like, it's all, you know, it's in like, I like, I love a good cut roll. So I can just, you know, grab that very yes, quickly with totally. a set of chopsticks, do a little dip, eat that, put it down, and I can keep going. There's no Cheeto dust on my finger. There's no greasy bun from a burger or a sandwich. Quick and easy. I will recommend, and um, we'll just call him Sir William Chen. Uh, he does eat his Cheetos with chopsticks. That's like a 300 IQ play right there. <laughs> For this reason. <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. I love that. <laughs> I need to start right? doing that. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's the next um, level. Okay. <laughs> Our last question is a two-parter because we have a we have a bit of a tie for something we're curious about. Mm-hmm. One is we don't know any esport gamers. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious from your perspective, like who would be your LeBron James to meet 
my LeBron James, who would be yours in esports that you'd love to just meet? And then secondly, your, you know, Greg was on the podcast and he's like, I would love to go to a game seven Dodger stadium Mm -hmm. tied, you know, three, three bases loaded Mookie on the, on the up to bat or whatever. So I'm curious as like, what would, what gaming championship question mark? What would you love to see? And maybe who would that gamer be that you'd love to see winning? So there's what's again, kind of cool about gaming is I can give sort of two separate answers that are sort of, uh, mutually exclusive um somebody i've been watching a lot of recently uh is a guy that i don't even actually know if i've investigated his real name but he goes by aceu and he's a competitive uh apex legends player and his game sensibility and the way that he moves around this very competitive battle royale shooter is second to none Mm. um i am so terrible at that game myself but again watching somebody that's very good at it uh, I'd love to just sit and watch him play. I mean, I can sit and watch him play when he streams, but um, that would be one particular person. Uh, as far as an event that I would love to go to, um, uh, maybe it's a, a plug for the current account uh, that I uh, work on in, in my job, um, Riot Games. I would love to go see the Valorant Champions Tour that is going on right now in Istanbul. Um, oh, I've been watching cool. some of the live streams of it and the production uh, is second to none. Like I, I would argue that it rivals any kind of mainstream ball sport production. The amount of infrastructure from yeah. uh, the stage, the broadcast graphics to the trophy. I mean, any of these things are That's just cool. absolutely insane. Um, I would love to go see Worlds, League of Legends Worlds, uh, mostly because I'm just a, a marvel that places like tiffany's created the trophy for this year's league of legends uh competition and they're also have are securing easily securing sponsors like mercedes to sponsor uh some of these big tournaments so it's just really cool to see some of the examples that again you would normally expect with ball sports uh are now bleeding very easily into into esports and and seeing some of the um live action productions and, and competitive things in that sense would just be really really cool to see so yeah that's that's cool. I want to Google the production value of all that stuff. I think yeah, that's pretty League cool. of Legends Tiffany's trophy. It'll come right up. It's pretty that's... remarkable. I had read about that, well, and when I hear Mercedes, I'm like, they definitely should be sponsoring the seats, at least. Oh, good idea. Yeah, I'm sure I'm yeah. not the first person to have that idea. Oh, I mean, Herman Miller's. Uh, Herman Miller's been creating their own line of gaming chairs as of a couple of years ago. What? I mean, yeah, I mean, Herman smart. Miller gaming chairs. Smart. Yeah. I need to swap wow. this one out for Herman Miller chair. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> listen. Up. If we get some more sponsors, well, Herman Miller, if you're out, if you're out there, <laughs> okay. perfect. All right, you guys, you guys can hook me up uh, when we exactly. get there. Okay, I have one like kind of closing question because mm-hmm. are are women playing esports? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Should absolutely. we look at somebody up? Um. Yeah, let me, I, I want to compile a few things, but yes, women are definitely making serious heavy inroads into sports, uh, into esports. Um, I think like a lot of industries, it's obviously been like a, both from the people who make the games to the people who play yeah. the games have long been men. Um, yeah. But absolutely some of the, yeah, I will, I will back up and answer one of the questions you had earlier. If I could watch one single person, it would actually be 
a girl that goes by Lulu Lovely, who is also a competitive Apex player. She is bar none one of the best in the world, and she astonishes me with how good she is. And she plays professionally. Lulu what? Lulu Lovely. It sounds Lulu like Lovely. a not esports player name, um, but uh, she is absolutely incredible. I've watched many of her streams, and, and she would destroy me in two seconds uh, if I were to play against <laughs> her, without a doubt. Um, yes, there are... Um, fantastic uh women-run organizations women's esports teams uh they're it's absolutely incredible to continue to watch again with how accessible gaming is becoming uh it crosses you know ethnic backgrounds gender identity sexual orientation all of these sorts of barriers that exist in a lot of ball sports really just aren't there for gaming because of how accessible it is um and it's it's just so great to see you know uh particular groups make a lot of great inroads there yeah I gotta make I gotta make room for this in my life, Catherine. I support it. Last of Us. <laughs> Until it needs to be a conversation, then yes, I support it. <laughs> See. What's what what's great about some of these games, especially narrative driven ones like Last of Us, is you can play like I'm gonna play an hour or I'm gonna play until I hit this yeah. checkpoint and then you can be done, you can turn it off and you can walk away. So if you play yeah. any game Okay, I could is it on is it just on Just PlayStation? Xbox? Just PlayStation PlayStation, yeah, PlayStation only. Oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you See? can finally get a PS5 now. Go pick up The Last of Us <laughs> and The Last of Us 2. Enjoy the story. It's wonderful. Oh, man. I'm so into that. The problem is with me is I, my brain hooks onto things and it's like, oh, stop at this checkpoint. I won't. I'll, the whole thing. So Jordan needs to play and I need to watch. Otherwise, I will. Well, we'll take turns. I can cut you off. Gotcha. Out of control. Yeah, okay, but you'll so you're go a, to sleep you're a completionist. Eventually. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. The completionist then you will have to be reined in by uh, by Jordan. I, I, I see what you're yeah. getting at. It's like she already forgot we have kids. And like... <laughs> they go to school. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh my god, we're professional. We're esports professionals now. I love it. Perfect. And podcasters. Yes. Andy, this has been Andy, amazing. Seriously, I learned so much. Well, thank you for having me. I am more than happy to talk gaming, esports, anytime. Uh, again, it is uh, a pleasure to talk to both of you and uh, you know talk about these particular subjects. It's a treat for me. We have to play next time together. That will be more fun. Absolutely. Actually, watching me probably play like a battle royale sounds like it would be hysterical. <laughs> you just need to live stream. You're going to get a massive following. Cuddy Buckets plays Apex. Cuddy Buckets plays uh, <laughs> Last of Us. Uh, is the title of your stream and you're going to get oh 10,000 subs in a second. It'd be a comedy of errors, I'm sure. But Some of the best streams are just that. <laughs> bloopers? Just bloopers. Just people failing and reacting to how bad they're, they are at games. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right up our alley. My people. My people. <laughs> Amazing. Andy, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time. Well, thank you both. Hello, everyone. This is Papa. Back for the start of the third week of the NFL season. I've got a couple picks for you. Um, let's start out with my Cleveland Browns. Uh, we're not going to talk about the debacle from last week. We're just going to go forward. Um, today I learned that Miles Garrett... Joe Batonio and Jack Conklin, all three have been cleared to play. So that'll be a that'll be a helpful 
the Browns currently are minus four and a half points, and hopefully the Browns are one ticked off football team and will cover the spread for us. I look for them uh, in front of a home crowd to try to get far enough ahead as to not lose that in the end. Uh, secondly, another very strong pick in my eyes, the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals, who should also be quite, quite hot under the collar. They started their season off by losing to the Steelers by three in the Cowboys this past week by three. They are 0-2, and if they have any hopes of going and repeating their Super Bowl entry this year, this is a must win. Uh, they are playing the Jets, who, will, uh, and who I watched last week, and that, they're not very good. So I would look for Cincy, minus the five points. Each one of those picks I would call a five-star pick in my mind. Uh, five out of five stars. Uh, if you're looking to add to that, another uh, pick would be the Cleveland Browns over 38 points. In my mind, that would be a two-star pick. Uh, the line has gone down and down. And in the pro game, a couple accidents can happen, a fumble here or an interception there to give you a touchdown. And 38 points comes upon you pretty quickly. So I would take the Cleveland Browns if you're looking for something besides the first two picks I gave you. Also, in a game, within a game, uh, if you're watching the Browns game, it's a nationally televised game, and you like to have a few picks going on, I would take Nick Chubb to run for more than 83 and a half yards. I would take David Ngochu to have reception yardage of 26 and a half or more yards. And finally, Amari Cooper to have over four receptions. Each one of those would be a one-star pick. I hope to get us going again. Uh, and hope to give you something to watch the ball game with this week. So that game for the Browns will be tomorrow, Thursday night. Okay, folks, that's what I have for you today. Y'all have a great rest of the weekend. Weekend, this is Papa.